labor and love and this is 10 o'clock Saturday morning this is the bee coming at you from 2781 21st Street mutiny radio and uh, again this week the approved they can't make peace they can make everything as you have been making more wouldn't have to worry about nothing. But it don't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't make sense when you can't make peace. Go to the moon 
We go all over the world, taking out leaders, putting in leaders, helping the most right-wing, fascist, murderous people. These are our allies. The Zaud family, for example. The U.S. agreement is not with the state of Saudi Arabia. With the Zaud family, one of the most reactionary, they have beheadings all the time. The Shah of Iran, the creation of the CIA. His father was put on the throne by a British-led coup in 1925. Batista, the death squads in Central America. But we can't make peace. Willie Dixon there, um, our uh, favorite um, our favorite conscientious objector from World War II, Willie Dixon and other blues musicians um, refused to be drafted and uh, served time in uh, camps during World War II and Dixon delivers there a beautiful indictment of warlock nation <clears throat> warlike nations that develop great power but lose their souls in the process 
You can conquer any nation in a ladder in a matter of weeks, but it don't make sense if you can't make peace. Amen. This is Labor and Love, your Saturday morning labor magazine opinion news by for and about working people. Today we've got a featured band. The Brazilian Airs, they'll be on in a little bit. We've got This Day in Labor History, The Most Dangerous Woman in America. <clears throat> labor leader whose requiem was sung by none other than Jean Autry. We've got Radio Labor, news from all over the world. We've got the Wind Labor Report, national news, and a couple of local stories as well. But let's always remember here, no matter what you do in your life, you got to serve somebody. Somebody. 
Bob Dylan there, you're going to have to serve somebody, ain't it the truth? No matter what you do in your life, the choices you make <clears throat> influence the world around you. You're going to serve capital ultimately or labor? Are you going to serve your boss or are you going to serve your colleagues? Are you going to serve management or are you going to serve the union? This is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Okay, we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio, corner of 21st and Florida in the heart, the mero mero, el corazón de la misión. The heart really of San Francisco. I like to think of the mission as the heart of San Francisco. 
Okay, I took the time today to go on, um, this week to go on uh, on Netflix. And I saw a biography about the life of Eunice Waynes, a.k.a. Nina Simone. A tortured, angry life. What did she have to be angry about? <laughs> she was exploited as a woman, or she felt, and she felt exploited as an artist, and she felt exploited as an African American woman. And uh, some people can stand that and live through it, and some people can't. For her, it was extremely difficult, but. Uh, what an artist. Here she sings a song from uh, Brecht and Weil. You people can watch while I'm scrubbing these floors. Pirate I'm scrubbing gym. the floors while you're gawking. Maybe once you tip me and it makes you feel swell in this crummy southern town, in this crummy old hotel. But you'll never guess to who you're talking. You couldn't ever guess to who you're talking. Then one night, there's a scream in the night, and you wonder, who could that have been? And you see me kind of grinning while I'm scrubbing. And you say, what she got to grin? I'll tell you. There's a ship, the black freighter, with a skull on its masthead will be coming in. You gentlemen can say, hey gal, finish them floors, get upstairs, what's wrong with you, earn your keep here. You toss me your tips and look out to the ships, but I'm counting your heads as I'm making the beds, cause there's nobody gonna sleep here tonight. Nobody's gonna sleep here, honey. Nobody. And you say, who's that kicking up a row? And you see me kind of staring out the window. And you say, what's she got to stare at now? I'll tell you, there's a ship. The black freighter. Around in the harbor, shooting guns from her bow. Now, you gentlemen can wipe off that smile off your face, because every building in town is a flat one. This whole freaking place will be down to the ground. Only this cheap hotel standing up safe and sound, and you yell, 
that's what you say. Why do they spare that one? wonder who is that person that lives up there and you see me stepping out in the morning looking nice with a ribbon in my hair <laughs> and the ship in the black freighter Miss Nina Simone, born Eunice Waynes, and uh, groomed to be by some music teachers in her town, uh, North Carolina, 
groomed to be a concert pianist, a classical pianist. And uh, at 13, she was to give a recital in front of a community, bunch of community people to show off her talent. And uh, the law at that time did not allow her parents to sit in the front of the church where the uh, recital was taking place. So this little girl, this 13-year-old girl, said that she wouldn't play if her parents couldn't sit in the front row. So quickly, someone told somebody something, and the parents were moved to the front row. And uh, Eunice Waynes played, and uh, the rest is history. Her, her anger, her passion, passion is kind of a neutral word, but her anger, her militance showed through. Uh, like Mississippi goddamn. Uh, well, that's a whole chapter we can get into. This is uh, Mutiny Radio. You're listening to Labor and Love your weekly labor connection. And today uh, we want to honor Mary Harris Jones, AKA Mother Jones. November 30th is the anniversary of her death in the year 1930. Known as Mother Jones, Mary came to the U.S. from Ireland. In 1870, all four of her children and her husband died of typhoid fever. For the rest of her life, she traveled around the country speaking on behalf of workers. She worked for the United Mine Workers and the Industrial Workers of the World. Now, these were days where Workers were not so timid. There used to be pitched battles between uh, police, company goons, and uh, union people. In 1903, to protest the terrible conditions of child labor, she led a parade of children to demonstrate in front of President Theodore Roosevelt's house. Mother Jones was active at the Blair Miners' Strike. This is a confrontation in West Virginia where striking miners, many of them uh, veterans of World War I and armed, knowing how to use their arms, confronted uh, National Guard troops. 1921, the Blair, the Blair Miners War, and uh, surprisingly enough, there's a song, not surprisingly, that the song was written, but surprisingly enough, the song was sung 
by none other than Gene Autry, the song called The Death of Mother Jones. So, here's a real treat. Gene Autry singing about Mother Jones. That was Gene Autry, none other, from the year uh, 1931. Um, singing about uh, Mother Jones, the death of Mother Jones. Um, you need to remember these people. Mother Jones did indeed organize a children's crusade against child labor and marched to President Theodore Roosevelt's uh, summer home, I don't know, in Oyster Bay, New York, and um, confronted him, marched right up to his house, but uh, Teddy didn't come out. <laughs> 
This is Labor and Love, and this is Mutiny Radio. FM. I broadcast every Saturday from 10 to 12. You can tune in live, mutinyradio.fm. Listen now. Or archive shows are at mutinyradio.fm slash podcast slash labor and love. It's my pleasure now to introduce a, a band to Mutiny Radio to the Labor and Love Show. Aaron Brazil and the Brazilian Airs. I have a connection to this band because one of the the band members is a teacher and uh, we got to talking and uh, he mentioned that he's a musician and I mentioned I had a radio show one thing led to the next who are the Brazilianaires and um, one of the most entertaining and enjoyable bands you'll ever hear regardless of your background or taste in music. We really are that good, this statement says. But that's not exactly an answer to the question now, is it? Essentially, we're a San Francisco-based band that plays truly original songs in a style unlike anyone else. I call our sound, this is the leader, Aaron Brazil. I call our sound vintage swing pop often based on blues progression with fairly involved lyrics and a slide guitar here, a music saw there, a clarinet and an accordion for an Eastern European flair, a bit of old Americana and the great American songbook all mixed up and mingled into our very own unique sound and style. So here they are, the Brazilianaires. Baby. 
Listening to Aaron Brazil and the Brazilian Airs. That was uh, Melt in My Pocket. How about this one? Last Night in Town. my 
your little diners and your plastic signs. I love your dirty sidewalks and your high-class wines. And all those playful people showing a girl a good time. Hold on tight, hold on tight. The freeway fills and empties like the blood in my head. Sunset Boulevard leaves nothing unsaid. Pink hotel rumpled sheets on the bed. Ease my mind. Brazil with the Brazilian airs. Joe Wilcoxon, Don Murmur, Johnny Tripod, and Anthony Corton. There's a little CD called Last Night in Town with five of the songs on it that. Uh, that the Brazilian airs play. This next one is my personal favorite. It's called uh, Chupacabra.
And that was a third of our set of Aaron Brazil and the Brazilian Airs, our uh, featured band this week. This is a gigging band. They have uh, played most recently at uh, Via Rocha in Valencia Street. Their next gig is uh, December 13th in LA, the Sassafras Saloon. So anyway, check them out. Go to the website, Aaron Brazil and the Brazilianairs.com. I just typed in the Brazilianairs and it went there. Uh, it's a happening band. Um, just with those three songs, you can see the variety of things that they uh, that they produce. The first one there, um, Melt in My Pocket, you got a whiff of um, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. Uh, the other two songs were a little bit more contemporary. And uh, so, check them out. Aaron Brazil and the Brazilian Airs. This is the Labor and Love Show, and we're coming at you from uh, Mutiny Radio. I want to play our uh, weekly win labor report, Workers Independent Network. Here we go. This is what your colleagues are doing. Workers Independent News We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. As the UAW strike against Kohler continues in Wisconsin, the union says a Kohler UAW Local 833 Workers Relief Fund has been set up to help strikers most in need. To donate to that fund, contact UAW Local 833. Donations can be either material, like food, or it can be cash. The Kohler strikers have gotten support from other union brothers and sisters across Wisconsin. My name is Kurt Brower. I'm the business rep for uh, IBW Local 494, Kettle Moraine area. Uh, we also encompass all of Milwaukee area. Here showing support for our UAW brothers. Stick together, you know, united we stand, divided we fall, so. I am uh, Debbie Anderson from the USW. I'm Harley Davis in Menominee Falls. I'm out here to support the picketers. I'm here to support the union cause. The Teamsters' unfair labor practice strike against Coca-Cola refreshments is on, with more than 300 Teamsters hitting the picket lines early Thursday morning. Teamsters Joint Council 25 spokesman Will Petty says that the company was stalling and not bargaining in good faith, and they allowed the labor contract to expire without a new agreement. Teamsters Local 727 has been trying to negotiate a new contract for 319 production and warehouse workers and transport drivers with Coca-Cola refreshments. They work at two facilities in Niles and Olsip, Illinois, and unfortunately the company has engaged in one delay tactic after another to prolong these negotiations, stretch them out without any real intention of reaching a fair agreement. And that right there is the root of so many of the unfair labor practice charges that Local 727 has filed against the company. Paul McHugh is one of more than a thousand SEIU nurses fighting to defend their health care benefits at Pomona Valley Hospital Medical Center in California. SEIU 121 RN did an informational picket at the hospital on Tuesday. 
If hospital management succeeds in having the nurses pay more for their health care, veteran nurses will get just a 1% pay raise. McHugh says morale is high among the SEIU nurses as they push for a fair contract that keeps their health care benefits intact. In the end, it's taken away from our wages and our benefits. At a time when we need health care for all, we need to stand up for what we already have, not allow any corporation or organization to take away your health care benefits when it's something that should be a fundamental right. With strong political and campus support, Columbia University's Graduate Workers of Columbia UAW Union is rallying on campus Friday. Union organizer Paul Katz says they're urging the university to respect the democratic choice of the grad students to organize a union. Katz says a strong majority of the grad student workers support the union. From the moment we went public a year ago, we've enjoyed strong majority support. We've built networks across all of the departments on campus. Workers' independent news provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that's the Wind News Workers' Independent Network. And um, around the country, those are some labor actions that are taking place. I want to add one here. Volkswagen workers celebrate election but question unions' partnership strategy <clears throat> is on the Labor Notes website. A microunit of skilled trades workers at the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee, has voted to join the auto workers while celebrating its victory. Some in the plant have begun to question the UAW's management-friendly approach. The vote was 108 to 44. It was the first time that union has won certification of a foreign-owned automaker in the U.S. South. The company says it plans to appeal, arguing the micro-unit shouldn't be allowed. So they, they're organizing the micro-units. I guess they think it's not okay for the uh, micro-units to unionize separately. It's nearly two years since the UAW lost an election to represent the factory's entire hourly workforce of about 1,500 production and skilled trades workers. After the loss, the union chartered a members-only union, Local 42, whose activities so far boiled down to meeting with management to ask for union recognition. The union recently opened a joint office with IG Metal, Germany's largest trade union in the nearby town of Spring Hill. One worker says, my workers don't give two shits about a works council. Most don't even know the function of a works council. What they care about are solutions to the problems we face daily, like line speeds, break times, overloaded pitches. Those things need immediate actions. A pitch is a segment of the assembly line in which a worker is responsible performing a, secret, a specific series of tasks in a set amount of time. Check it out. Labor notes about organizing in the South in uh, 
Chattanooga, Tennessee. Remember, you're only alone when you don't stand up. 2,100 Kohler workers are on strike after the company refused to back down from its demands two weeks after voting to strike and two days after Thanksgiving, members of the United Auto Workers Local 833 are staffing picket lines around the clock near the Kohler plant in the Wisconsin village that bears its name. We heard a little about that in the Wynn Report. Okay, how about radio labor? This is a world perspective on what's happening. Radio Labor. News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor news update recorded on Friday, December 4th, 2015. I'm Mark Belanger. Labor leaders attending the climate change conference in Paris this week are angry that a clause calling for a just transition to greener, more sustainable economies is being removed from the conference's conclusions. The Norwegian government is lobbying to have the commitment mentioned only in the preamble of the conclusion document. Its actions are giving other governments the go-ahead to support the removal of the just transition clause. Sharon Burrow, the General Secretary of the International Trade Union Confederation, said unions and other civil society groups should not be sidelined in the crucial discussions which are necessary if the world is to limit global warming to just two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers at the world level. I asked Ms. Burrow to explain what her organization means by a just transition. We've said we will leave no one behind. All of the actors in the uh, impact uh, framework actually are in our uh, unions. We indeed have the climate uh, activists, those who've, you know, taken on the fight we then have, of course, new uh, workers, those workers who are increasingly engaged in clean energy uh, production and indeed distribution, and we are organising those. And then we have the fossil fuel workers, and we demand respect for the workers uh, in coal, in oil and gas who brought us the prosperity of today. We characterise it in this way. Workers have a right to know. They have a right to know what their government plans to do to decarbonise, to uh, secure jobs, to plan for the future. They have a right to know what their employers plan to do to decarbonise, to uh, actually make sure that there are jobs for the future and to guarantee workers uh, those entitlements of, of secure work and indeed uh, secure pensions. And we have a right to know what our investors are doing. How is our pension money being funded to guarantee that it won't be in stranded assets and it will be used to secure jobs that are sustainable for the future. That means we demand dialogue with governments, with employers, with the investment community. Tuesday, December 1st was World AIDS Day, 
a day established by the United Nations to recognize the work being done to reduce the extent of HIV-AIDS and the stigma attached to it. The labor movement has been at the forefront of these efforts by focusing on the workplace. One of the labor organizations which has been working most effectively on HIV-AIDS is the International Transport Workers Federation. The ITF is a global union federation which represents some 700 unions with 4.5 million workers in 170 countries. It has for many years been campaigning on issues related to HIV-AIDS. Dr. Asif Altaf is the ITF's global HIV-AIDS coordinator. I asked him to outline the main goal of the ITF HIV-AIDS campaign. The main goal of the campaign is is to eradicate the stigma and discrimination around HIV-AIDS. Lots of organizations are working on prevention program and also treatment. And I'm really happy to see that today 16 million people are on treatment. But I think the stigma and discrimination is so much around HIV-AIDS still now. If you go to a workplace and if you ask somebody if he, he, he or she is positive, he or she still looked at very differently than the other people. So the main campaign over the years, what we are doing, you know, it's, it's like, and also it's like a building block. You know, we started with prevention, like with distributing condom, distributing leaflet, and so on. But now as the program got matured and the campaign got matured, now we think our goal is to eliminate the stigma and discrimination the workers face at the workplace. Labor organizations worldwide used this week to reinforce campaigns against slavery in the world. December 2nd was the International Day for the Elimination of Slavery. Some 21 million men, women, and children are trapped in forced labor. The ITUC is campaigning for the adoption of a global treaty which would help prevent slavery, and compensate trapped workers. It wants a suggested treaty designed by the International Labor Organization to be adopted by national governments. The ILO is the specialized agency of the United Nations focused on matters of work in the world. Guy Ryder is the director general of the ILO. He is the first unionist to lead the organization in its 96-year history. Slavery is a fundamental abuse of human rights and a major obstacle to social justice. It's an affront to our humanity, and it has no place in the 21st century. And yet, 21 million women, men, and children are still trapped in forced labor all over the world, generating 150 billion US dollars in illicit profits for those who exploit them. There should be no need for the International Day for the Abolition of Slavery to exist. However, each day men, women and children are tricked or coerced into abhorrent situations including bonded labour, prostitution and exploitative domestic work. Global commitment to combating modern slavery has increased, but current responses still fall far short of addressing the entirety of the challenge or its root causes. Ending modern slavery requires strong legislation strict implementation, joint commitment of countries and social partners, along with effective support systems for the victims. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,300 stories our volunteers collected in the last week. 
Our top stories section included links to news about the global labor movement's participation in the Paris Conference on Climate Change, further attacks on Korean unions, and forced labor in the Thai fishing industry. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Canadian car dealer workers, locked out for more than three years, approved special legislation to force their employer to allow them back to work. Cambodian massage workers walked off the job to press their union's demand for 177 U.S. dollars per month. Nigerian industrial training fund workers called a three-day strike against corruption in their agency. Postal workers in Finland ended their strike with a victory, and the solidarity strikes by other unions in that country also ended. In Sri Lanka, workers took a day off work to protest their government's proposed budget. This week, American steel company ATI maintained its lockout of thousands of steelworkers as it attempted to roll back wages and benefits. Greek workers held yet another one-day protest against their government's implementation of austerity policies. Workers at South Africa's parliament ended their strike, as did solid waste collection workers in Johannesburg. Bank workers in Cyprus started a wage dispute last week. And, finally, workers who make matches walked off the job in Malawi. Our top working women stories included coverage of the struggles of pregnant workers in China, the coming National Day of Remembrance in Canada, and a case of domestic slavery in Australia. Our health and safety newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the employer response to farm workers' health and safety legislation in Canada and the suffering of black lung victims in Australia. Our photo of the week was of the Climate, Justice and Jobs March in Sydney, Australia. Currently, Labor Start is running six online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. You can hear extended versions of the stories presented in this broadcast on the Radio Labor website. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Radio Labor's newscast. Okay, to to check or uh, reread or re-listen to that information, go to the uh, radiolabor.net. They got a U in the labor, so I guess it's uh, a British English um, based place. As you can see, there are labor actions happening all over the world. All over the world, workers are standing up. Some have been on strike for three years. So, these are these are these people are brothers and sisters. These are workers just like us, and uh, to become divided through uh, nationalism or even religious differences weakens us all. Okay, this is uh, Labor and Love, and let's see what we got coming up here. Uh, we're after past the 11 o'clock hour. I want to say a word about one of our sponsors, 
Alta California. Alta California produces tinctures that are extracted from uh, the cannabis, cannabis plant. And they have uh, a series of five, I believe, different tinctures that range from uh, tranquility, healing, using CBD, the CBD that's in the cannabis plant, good for pain relief of headaches, muscles, back pain, arthritis, PMS, MS, antidepressant, increased alertness. So you can get uh, the euphoria mix, which is mostly THC, or you can get the healing mix, which is more CBD. So uh, take a little break here. Be back in a couple of minutes. This is some Miles Davis. This is Labor and Love, a little bit past the 11 o'clock hour on a Saturday morning. So we're about halfway there. In this segment, we've got uh, Today in Labor History. And uh, we've got some music. I want to begin the discussion with... Uh, kind of a review of the uh, the movie Suffragettes. Suffragettes has been criticized because uh, it's only about white women. There were women of color involved in the struggle in, in England for the vote. But uh, I like it because it's about working, about a working woman, sort of a, a person who's sort of a touchstone for those of us in the audience. This is um, foot soldiers of the early feminist movement. And uh, it's got a cameo by uh, Meryl Streep, who uh, is kind of a little too bubbly, I think. Uh, <laughs> a 
the real Mrs. Pankhurst was uh, <clears throat> a very determined, tough woman. Here are 10 things that you probably didn't know about suffragettes. Women didn't get the vote on the same terms as men in 1918. The 1918 Act abolished almost all property qualifications for men over the age of 21 and gave the vote to women over 30, but only if they met minimum property qualifications or were married to a man who did. They were often accused of being unladylike and unnatural. Not all suffragettes were women. Labor politicians, George Lansbury, Kerr Hardy, uh, brought up the question over and over again in Parliament. It shows force feeding. It doesn't go into detail like the uh, the earlier PBS documentary Shoulder to Shoulder does, which literally showed uh, force feeding and, and was edited for that reason. Force feeding also took place on slave ships when uh, slaves were so desperate and depressed that they stopped eating. So they were forced to eat. After all, they were capital. Okay, you don't want to lose any money, right? One of the suffragettes, Wharton, was held down by wardresses as the doctor inserted a four-foot-long tube down her throat. A few seconds after the tube was down, she vomited all over her hair, her clothes on the wall, Yet the task continued until all the liquid had been emptied into her stomach. As the doctor left, he gave me a slap on the cheek, Constant reflected, not violently, but as it were to express his contemptuous disapproval. She later suffered a stroke and died in 1923. Force feed forcible feed was humiliating, especially so for women such as Fanny Parker, who were fed through the rectum and vagina. No one really knows how many suffragettes there were. They had mass support. Marches attracted vast numbers of militant and non-militant supporters, both male and female. Women's Sunday procession in June 1908 attracted more than 300,000 protesters. Probably heard that Emmeline Pankhurst and her husband, Richard Pankhurst, had two daughters who became prominent suffragettes, Christabel and Sylvia. Christabel was more of a socialist, Sylvia more of a direct action advocate. 
A third daughter, Adela, was encouraged to emigrate to Austria after her mother gave her a ticket and 20 pounds. She played an active role in the Votes for Women campaign. She was imprisoned for her involvement, went on a hunger strike, although she never supported what she perceived to be the excess of militancy. It was more funding for suffragettes than for the Labor Party. Many suffragettes refused to complete the 1911 census in protest. And uh, things maybe you didn't know about the suffragettes. The film's a good one. If I were you, I'd go see it. It deals with the real, real women and real needs, not just votes, but rights of women over her own children. In the film, a woman has her child just taken away from her, just by the husband, who forbids her to come and see her own son. Who is not free? Who is not in control of her body? That person is a slave. Women are forced to do nine months labor. It's no accident that when we speak of a woman carrying a child and bearing it, it's called labor. And in the case of no abortion rights, it's forced labor. That an interesting thing that said a lot of the people on the right who are against abortion are not pro-life. Once the baby is born, they don't feel that it's their responsibility to do anything. They're, they're pro-birth, which is a whole different thing. Okay. Let's see, we got uh, Nine Month Blues by Peggy Seeger. <laughs> If you can't be careful, try to be good. Well, we cared and we cared as much as we could. We always agreed, me and my man. We said someday we'll try the family plan. The first thing we tried was nothing at all. Cause an amateur ride and everything's here fall. We charted my tides, followed my moon. But then someday it came a little too soon. I got the nine months of blues. But he was kind of happy when he heard my news I got the nine months of blues There was him and me and the baby made three But we made up our minds to stay that way With little bitty things made of rubber and such And cause we were friends we decided to go Dutch When we said I do it was a solemn oath So we did and we did and it pleased us both We still can't figure out what went wrong But that's the first line of the nine months song I got the nine Get out the dress and the sensible shoes I got the nine-month blues 
said, this time around I'm gonna cast my stone. I'm gonna have a chance to call my life my own. But the SPC, the FDA, they said to keep that child, don't fling it away. The doctor said he had the right to refuse. The law says if you want to beat the noose, you gotta be rich or near to your grave. So away I went again, I'm a nine-month rave. I got the nine-month blues. Too much to gain, too much to lose. And that time around, I got a McTwos, I got the nine-month blues. Seeger singing about um, women's choices. Here's one from the 30s. Woody Guthrie sung by Bob Dylan. As long as you got the do re mi. Lots of folks back east, they say, hit loud every day. Hit in the hot old dusty way to the California line. Across the 
across that desert sand they go They're getting out of that old dance bowl They think they're going to a sugar bowl But here is what they find Oh, the police at the port of entry say You're number 14,000 for today hey. Well, if you ain't got the dough, ring me, boy If you ain't got the dough, ring me Better go on back to beautiful Texas Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee California is the garden of Eden A paradise to live in or see But believe it or not You won't find it so hard If you ain't got the door in me If you want a house or farm That won't do nobody harm Take your vacation By the mountains of the sea Don't swap that old car for a car Better stay right where you are You had better take this tip from me Cause I read it in the want hands every day And the headlines on the papers always say Georgia, Tennessee, California is a garden of Eden, a paradise to live in or see, but believe it or not, you won't find it so hard if you ain't got the tools in me. another song that was current in the 30s about that time this is Allison Moore once I built a railroad made it wrong made it race against time once I built a railroad Done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower to the sun, brick and rivet in line. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits, gee, we look swell, full of that Yankee doodle-dum. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was a kid with a drum. Oh, say, do you remember they called? 
brother, can you spare a dime? Brother, can you spare a dime? Uh, a worker who had a good job and served in the army and gets thrown out thrown out on the sidewalk this is labor and love and uh, killing goes on as a a married couple assaulted a Christmas celebration in San Bernardino and uh, killed 14 wounded 17 before they themselves were killed Um, perhaps it's hard to understand the part of our government in uh, creating enemies. And I don't mean to take the guilt away from anyone who murders people. Those people deserve what the law can give them, where they deserve... They take their chance. They might get shot down. In fact, uh, they probably will. But anyway, it's like our nation doesn't function properly. It doesn't have the, the same uh, efficacy if we don't have enemies. Maybe that, that experience, that World War II experience of the whole nation pulling together and a people giving up individual rights and uh, dedicating themselves to a cause our government seems to want to repeat that and, and so it's like we're out there in Boonesboro you know surrounded by uh, hostile savages and natives who want to kill us and we all have to pull together like the white race, the white uh, male Americans are always under siege. So our enemy was uh, Soviet Russia then. Okay, but then uh, for a lot of its own internal reasons, the Soviet Union fell apart. Wait a minute, now our enemy isn't communism. Communism was good because it was a good way to quiet resonant uh, opposition voices in the United States. But now communism is not the same kind of threat as it was. So now we've got to have another enemy, and that enemy is terrorism. And as we go about in the Middle East, replacing governments, knocking out people we want, putting in often right-wing demagogues, torturers, Remember how we supported Saddam Hussein, the Shah, the Saudis? These are our allies. We get on the wrong side. We get to be the target of dedicated religious people, militant religious people, killers. This is not Islam, okay? Islam is about peace but can we see uh, 
in these young people the anger and the righteousness that they feel. Now, Islam, one of the traditions of the, of the Prophet in the Hadith is that the Prophet said, Prophet was asked by, by someone, uh, who, O oh, Prophet, is not, a whole, is not a true Muslim? Who is not a true Muslim? Prophet thought for a minute and said, that man, from, that man from whom his neighbor is not safe is not a true Muslim. Now, Muslims who attack their neighbors, Muslims who attack like this, in one sense at least, are not true Muslims. But then, the jihad, the war to preserve the values of the community, there are people attacking the community, and it's your duty as a Muslim, as a member of the community, to combat the invader. One of the things that made militants so angry was when there were U.S. troops in Saudi Arabia close to holy places. So, perhaps it's time to rethink the policies that got us in this protests all over the world, remember? 12 million people all over the world. Here's anti-flag. You can kill the protester, but you can't kill the protest. You can't spoon my eyes out, but I can still see through you. Sucks my ears from my head, but you can't shut off the sounds of the truth. Gotta run!
anti-flag you can kill the protester but not the protest and of course there's always the people who say we got to kill for peace the Ted Cruz's and people of his ilk kill for peace the war is really at home and we are this slogan bring the war home and that's what we're gonna do we gotta bring the war home we gotta get them fucking coming rats they're all over you can't tell where they are up and down sideways inside out we gotta watch where we are we gotta watch them before they kill us can't take no chances i mean even them kids alive will grow up and be commies, right? If it's got to be a bloodbath, let it be a bloodbath. What I say is, kill for peace. That's the slogan. This is the fuck. Just, just kill for peace. Fill in the, the blanks. We get rid of, this is American history. The more history. peaceful everything will be. The last uh, seven Cafeteras, trabajador, trabajadora. Men and women work. Primeros en morir en Irak, latinos. Pero que no nos quieren aquí, dicen. Chihuahua, ¿cómo está la cosa? Vamos a ver. My bad. Francisco Herrera. Dicen que los gringos son unos hombres muy valientes. Por eso mandan latinos primeritos para el frente. Really brave, but they always put the Mexicans in front. 
Y los ricos se presentan como gente muy patriota Por eso la clase obrera está en Irak calzando botas Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo Ahí en la tele como testigo pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele como testigo. Por allá andan presumiendo sus aviones invisibles que sus bombas solo matan a soldados y a civiles. También dicen uh, que sus bombas no se han dirigido más, han caído en edificios y uno que otro hospital. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo ahí tienen la tele como testigo y cuentan que los Hussein son unos hombres muy matones pero como van las cosas a Bush no le llegan ni a los talones otros dicen que la ONU se opuso a la invasión no sabiendo esa señora que Bush era su patrón Pero a mí no me crean Lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele Como testigo Pero a mí no me crean Lo que les digo Ahí tienen la tele Como testigo Ay, ay, ay CNN, Fox News, Univision, todos dicen y dicen, y si lo dicen, por algo lo dicen. Pero a la hora de la hora no sé ni lo que dicen, solo que otros dicen que esta guerra es ilegal. Pero por nosotros ser gabachos, eso no se ve tan mal. Soy jornalero, disque ilegal, pero qué suerte es la mía, si me voy para Irak, Bush me da ciudadanía. En la tumba, en la tumba, ya con esta me despido de esta gran calamidad. Les deseo mucha suerte descubriendo la verdad. Pero a mí no me crean lo que les digo. Good luck finding Ahí out the truth. la tele como testigo. Pero a mí no me crean we'll lo que les digo. Ahí tienen la tele. Como testigo la 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 Vámonos
Oakland, California, 1946, 130,000 workers from 142 unions, including workers from factories, industry services, retail stores, transportation systems, declare a work holiday and walk off their jobs in support of striking department store clerks and in opposition to police intervention that was facilitating strike-breaking activity. The Oakland general strike lasted for two days. People coming back from the war, figuring that uh, fascism was defeated. But same old thing was going on. Lawyers, Guns, and Money has a piece about December 4th, 1907, President Theodore Roosevelt ordered federal troops to the gold mining town of Goldfield, Nevada to bust a strike of workers affiliated with the IWW and the Western Federation of Miners. The event shows both the potential of the IWW to win and the extent to which the government would participate in what it saw as a radical threat to American institutions. That is the right to be greedy and to make money off other people's work. It's hard to get away from the facts that workers had pretty much only one strikes in American history when the state either sided with the unions or played a moderating role to to settle a labor dispute. Federal troops were sent to Goldfield on December 4th, 300 troops. Federal troops remained in Goldfield until March 1908 after the Nevada legislature had created a special police force to replace them. Always, always you see the government backing. Government is a weak government that doesn't protect its working people. Okay, this is Labor and Love, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio. That's mutinyradio.fm. This is the B. About time to wind it up here and clear the decks for uh, flat black plastic. And Scott. So I want to give call-outs to... My soulmate, Sylvia Ramirez, and um, my daughter, Vita, and other members of my family, Suni, Vita, Jose, Solina, all of you out there. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, that means another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, 
a negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu and never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Okay, talk to you next week. Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number four altacalifornia.com
Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Miren, miren! Es un pájaro? Es un avión? No! It's a man! Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Classroom Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at 
www.muniradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common-sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. 
fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 